Welcome back, everybody, to another Booking It episode of the Think and Grow podcast with your hosts, Dr. Z and Professor P. Dr. Z, who do we have with us today? So we have the lovely rebel of Rebel Girl Marketing, Lisa Rabel. You guys are so goofy. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So Lisa has written her book, which we have a copy of here, called The Rebel Girls... um, a Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing. <laughs> Stop committing random acts of marketing. I love that. Oh, my I God. I do, too. Guilty as charged. <laughs> yep. All right. So let me just. It happens. Um, oh, sorry. What were you saying? I said it happens to everybody. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Good, good. So it's not just me. We're all in the pool. Yep. All right. So I want to read a little bit of the about behind on the last, on the back page of your book so our listeners can get a better feel for who you are. So meet the rebel of Rebel Girl Marketing. As a founder, speaker, and chief storyteller of Rebel Girl Marketing, Lisa developed her proprietary rebel mindset (laughs) after more than 25 years as a successful marketing executive and leading sales professional. Her mission is to help businesses stay in business by utilizing focused, uncompromising marketing strategies. Lisa cuts through the noise and breaks marketing down to what makes sense for her customers, creating strategies that are simple, relatable to the target audience, and which result in double digit sales growth year after year. Awesome. What sets Lisa apart in the world of marketing is her ability to help professionals make a great first impression by teaching them to create inspirational attention getter getting power pitches. After talking with Lisa, you'll find out that there are benefits to a rebel mindset. Um, Should I add, add a little bit when Lisa's not working? She's spending time with her two children and husband of 20 wow. years. That's Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> her passion for inspiration is found in her cooking, paddle boarding in Lake Country, or enjoying long hikes through the numerous trails in Southeast Wisconsin. Thank you so much for being on our show, Lisa, Rebel, Rebel Girl, Lisa. Lisa Rabel, the rockin' rebel girl, as I like to say. Lisa, tell us. Hashtag rebel mindset, right? Nice, nice. Throw that in there. So tell us a little bit about wherever it is you'd like to get us rolling here. Well, I think what I love about the fact that there's there's a book, because what happens is that most people I talk to say, I've been, there's a book in my head. I just haven't got it out on paper. And so they're always like, oh, that's so impressive you had a book. Well, actuality, I never, ever set out to have a book. Never. Like, that was never like, I'm going to write a book someday. It was more of my network saying, so when's the book coming out? I kept saying, what book? And so um, Mm -hmm. after you hear that like eight times from eight different people, you're thinking, okay, I'll consider it. And then I took a couple of classes on how to write a book. And then I hired a publisher who helped me like work through the entire process. And so what happened was I probably 
at least a half a dozen times I said, I'm not, I'm done. I'm not going to, I'm not going to publish the book. I mean, the book was done. And like, I was like, had my finger over the enter button, like to submit it. And I texted my friend who's a life coach. And I said, I don't think I'm going to submit the book. So she called, talked me off the ledge. And because it was all about what if people don't like it? What if people think I'm stupid? What if, what if, what if, what I was, what ifing myself completely talking myself out of it. And one of the things I talk about in the book is that saboteur voice in your head. Everybody mm-hmm. has a saboteur voice. And so I named mine Tina, no offense to any Tina's out there, Um, but everybody has one. I think if, when you name it, you can get the power away from it. So what Mm. I do is when I hear myself talking and my entire network knows about Tina. So usually when I say something like on an idea slam for the collective or any other networking, they look at me and go, sounds a little bit more like Tina than it does Lisa. It really helps me go, you're right. I'm talking myself out of being my authentic self and being all of those things that I was put on this earth to be, right? So it, it I do love that rebel mindset is that it, it pulls me out of that. And it talks about just being okay with being simple too. We've complicated marketing. It does not need to be so complicated. And yeah. so the book Dina. is basically, it's, yeah, it just, so what I did is I, I finally submitted it. I've gotten such positive feedback. I am just absolutely positively thrilled about it. And what I love is people have come to me and said, it's, it's finally a marketing book that tells the truth about marketing. and doesn't complicate nice. it. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. like you sent Tina, Tina, go to your room. Right. <laughs> and you overcame that. I quit. I quit. I can't do this. Right. Yeah. And really got over all the fears. So that's, that's congratulations on that. That's yeah. really powerful. So, I, as I read your book, I do a lot of highlighting and I don't know if you guys can see that, but <laughs> right off the bat, I love that you said, you talk about how in its simplest form, it's storytelling, right? Yeah. So talk more about that. Well, that's why I call myself chief storyteller. I don't call mm-hmm. myself, a, you know, in my, in my title, I don't call myself like, you know, a CMO or anything like that. Yeah. You know, as the founder of Rebel Girl Marketing, the reason I use the word Rebel Girl, not only is it play on my last name, Rabel, my brother-in-law calls me the Rebel of the Rabels. That's nice. how I came up with the name, but it reminds me every single day to think differently about marketing. It reminds me every single day, even with my words, inspire, laugh, and believe that I walk mm. into my office is to think differently, stop thinking like everybody else because we have seriously complicated marketing and it doesn't need to be because with the book, you answer five basic questions. Why do you need marketing in the first place? If you don't, you have to answer that question first. Um, who do you sell to? Where do they hang out? Like, where do you go and find them? Yeah. And then like, what do you actually sell? Because there's a lot of stuff that's involved with your, your product and service. There's problems and solutions and emotions to tie to all of that. And then the last question, is what are you going to say once you get in front of that target audience? So what are you going to say when you get there? That goes to that power pitch in, in my bio is that I'm, I want to get people to stop thinking about it as an elevator pitch or a sales pitch. You're not going to sell in the first 50, 30 seconds you meet somebody. So stop calling it a sales pitch. Yeah. And so I want to call it a power pitch because it's to grab their attention and keep it. You have eight seconds, yeah. eight seconds of their attention span to grab them. So it's a, it, that's why I call it a power pitch. <laughs> Um, I, I really, I love that. And 
going back to the story, what do you think are the most important pieces of your brand story that you definitely want to include when you're thinking about creating a story for your business? Emotion. I think grabbing that emotional aspect of why you're doing it. So when I tell business, people that uh, Rebel Girl Marketing is here to help businesses stay in business, I'm telling yeah. you not one business owner goes, I built my business so it'll fail. They're saying, yeah. you know, they built the business so it'll succeed. And so by saying that Rebel Girl's mission is to help businesses stay in business, it pulls an emotion with the business owner that I'm talking to. Mm. And they say, well, how do you do that? And it's about... And according to Forbes, it's in the book, according to Forbes um, magazine, that the research shows that sales and marketing are two of the four reasons that businesses fail. Mm -hmm. And so by understanding, simplifying and understanding marketing and how sales and marketing work together, they're two different functions, but they're both going in the same direction. So the, the easiest way for me to do that is, uh, is when it comes to the storytelling is that um, back in the... I was I was I think it's the seventies. Bob Berg, movies in nineties, um, in his unlimited referrals. I think that's the book too. I should probably know these things, but it's in the book. Um, <laughs> he he said that no like trust is marketing and sales. So yeah. no, they have to know you exist. They have to like what you say, and they have to trust you enough to buy. Right. So marketing gets you from to know and like from like, trust is sales. And that's, that's why it has to all flow together. And so telling that story. So I'm going through the book here as you're talking, just like all the highlights here. And I, I came across how you talk about branding as part of the marketing strategy, right? So give our listeners an idea of why branding is so important, what it's all about. What is branding? A lot of people are like branding. Huh? What, what, what the hell? What's branding? <laughs> Yeah, the, right? the easiest way to talk about that is Jeff Bezos says branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Right. So branding is all about how people perceive you. How do they perceive how you work with people? I know a lot of business coaches. And so I have mm -hmm. some business coaches that are very, like, matter of fact, straight, just no BS kind of people. And then I have the more nurturing business coaches. And it depends upon what the the business owner needs and it's the same thing the if a business owner wants somebody who's more nurturing they're not going to want my you know just the fact spam kind of business coaches they're going to want yeah. that more nurturing kind so it's 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 how people perceive you and there's a lot of people that you can probably think of that if i say um like they're a born salesperson you could probably picture somebody in your mind or if i say that person's a born nurturer it's a, it's in the yeah. mind. And so you would, what you do is you, it's how people perceive you. And the way I want, I want to be perceived is that I am fun and I know what I'm talking about and I can get you to where you want to go in your marketing. And so right. that's so how I want to be perceived. Let me interject here. With that being said, that's a great statement. You know, what Bezos said there, what people say about you when you're no longer in the room. So how do you craft your branding, strategize your branding to get them thinking the way that you, I think this is a tricky spot here, right? How do you, or how do you figure that out? How do you get them thinking about how to do that, right? It's how you show up. 
honestly, mm -hmm. if you know, if I showed up to every networking thing and said, hi, my name's Lisa Rabel, I've Rebel Girl Marketing. I help small businesses with marketing strategy, you know, or is it like, are you more fun and more engaging and more things like that? It's literally how you show up. It's how you show up in, in your videos. It's like the promo that we did for this video. It's the, and the song you guys sing, it's like, it's that fun and happy. Right. And that's how you're being perceived. And I, and I love to give this example is we can take big, big brand names and you're going to have a reaction to one or the other. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you three examples, Nike or Adidas. Which one do you relate better to? Which one do you like better? Or is it, you know, Chevy or Ford? It could be, you know, for the local people, it's like, you know, Subway or Cousins. Right. Or, McDonald's or Culver's, like what, what it brings an emotion to some people. I've met people who are just die hard Adidas people. Like that's all I'll wear is Adidas. Yeah. And I got people who are like, oh, that's all I'm going to wear is Nike. And, and so, um, it, they, you have that like brand loyalty to it because it brings up an emotion. So bring some energy to the room. Don't come in. Hi, my name is Lisa E or Red <laughs> How's yeah. your day going? Mine was pretty crappy, but I had to show up here tonight. Don't come in. <laughs> come in energetic, right? That's come what in chapter 10 is about. That's what chapter 10 is about. Ten, chapter 10 is like that wrecking on purpose. And if you're in a crap mood, don't go. Or like home. I say, just I sing myself happy. I, I'm not kidding. I literally have gotten ready. I'm in the garage, in my car with a car running. And, I, and I'm like, I could just stay home. Or do I really want to go to this networking thing? Then I have to like talk myself into going. I'm like, you got ready. You paid for the event. Just go to the event. And that's usually when I have the best, the best results. Yeah. But I sing myself happy on the way there. You know, mm -hmm. I got nice. some Bob Marley or some Bon Jovi going on. And yeah. I am just at the top of my lungs. Yeah. I, actually, I, I'm glad that you said that because, right, sometimes you do feel like, oh, I don't want to do this. But then you, you know, you psych yourself up and go, which actually brings me to my next question. So in your book, you say how you were the youngest of six kids and you had to learn to kind of talk and be a little bit louder just to be heard and be seen and maybe even eat sometimes. <laughs> That's not funny. So, yes. so but yeah, you learned to pull, you had to pull yourself back. And so for somebody like me, who's very shy and a wildflower and would rather hide, you know, it's like, how do you balance that authenticity with having to put yourself out there, even though that's so uncomfortable for you. It's all goes back to mindset. You know, that's why I use, you know, marketing as a mindset so often because I mean, yes, I'm a marketing geek and I love marketing, but everything you do is marketing from the way you pull into the, you know, the, your client's parking lot to, are you on time? Are you a little early? Are you prepared? Have you answered the questions? You know, do you got mustard on your tie? You know, that's mm -hmm. kind of an old one. But at the same time, it's like, how do you show up every single day? And it yeah. starts in the morning. Like for me, I refuse to listen to the news in the morning because it just gets me upset. And so I do, I do a meditation. I do a devotional. I listen, you know, if I do do music, I it's up by upbeat music and stuff like that. Because if you go in and you're, 
angry about traffic and you're angry about this person didn't call back or you got an email first thing in the morning, and you know, you've got a fire to put out when you get into the office and you walk in there and you're all crabby and grumpy and your team sees you all crabby and grumpy. Guess what? Your team becomes all crabby and grumpy. And <laughs> right. how, what kind of work are you going to be doing for your client when you have that mindset? So if you need to sit in your car for five minutes and listen to, I don't know, ACDC, whatever rocks your boat and, and get in a right mindset, get in a right mindset because it affects your entire day. It affects your work. It affects your clients. It affects everything. Mindset, in my opinion, is the most important thing when it comes to marketing. The show must go on. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, there are days that I'm driving by the client's office going, I could just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you've got a lot of spots in the book where you bullet point a lot of things and, You've asked a ton of questions in here, and I say this all the time, that people, questions are way more, some people are like, just give me the answer so I can, no, ask yourself <laughs> yep. a lot of questions so you can figure out the answer yourself, then you don't need to hire the, the consultant for number one. But that's really where the power is. When you ask all these powerful questions and you do the homework and you do all these worksheets and you put all this extra time in going that extra mile, your business is going to blow up. So talk about why do we need marketing? Give us that, that expansion on that. Why is that so important? Well, the first quote in the book is from Henry Ford and people who stop marketing to save money are like people who stop a watch to save time. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the biggest mistake people can make when they're successful is to stop marketing because eventually they're going to not be busy. And then all of a sudden their pipeline is completely empty. They've got no prospects. And all of a sudden they're like, uh-oh, I got no yeah. revenue. <laughs> and so marketing is always important. And you don't have to spend a ton of money to do really great marketing. I mean, especially now with social media and videos and YouTube, you can get so much content out there at a lower cost, it's gonna cost you some time. If you're not great at video, there's a whole bunch of consultants out there that can help you like edit and cut it and make it look professional and things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know where I, what I do without Canva, quite honestly, canva.com, yeah. which is a graphic design um, site. I love it so much. Everything I do is Canva. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's knowing that if you consistently just always have something out there, people will remember you because when I do my power pitch, my power pitch is simply this. My job as a marketing strategist is to mm. make sure when your clients and your prospects need what you have, they think of you first. Mm. Right. Because it's about brand awareness. It's about that, that know and like part of no like trust. Yeah. Short, so. succinct, pack a punch, hook them in quick. Cause but, so You've got about as much time as it takes to get on a, a horse and, you know, the, I think it's like eight seconds, right? The rocking horse. Good luck. Yeah. Think of it in that term. Like, Holy crap. I got to fit a lot in here or be very judicious with my, what I'd say here. Yeah. I had, I had Andrea Hubbard, on, uh, Andrea Hubbard on my podcast uh, this month and she said, this is perfect. She said, content is not king. Because if the right content goes to the wrong people at the wrong time in the wrong place, your content is pointless. So mm. answering all those questions that you're talking about is making sure you're talking to the right people at the right time, at the right place and saying the right thing. That's good marketing. 
you you don't have to spend a lot of time and money on marketing, but you do have to understand foundationally what you need to do next. I mm. only show up where my clients are. I don't show up on all kinds of other stuff that they wouldn't they went beyond. I only go where my clients are. Yeah, it sounds like you meet them where they are, correct? Yeah. And everybody's at different levels, which is so funny because some people like completely understand marketing. But like I say in the book, some most business owners that mm. I have met have had a marketing class in high school or college and that's it. Yeah. And they started a business and they don't know how to tell anybody about the business. Mm. And so it's funny about marketing, all my marketing friends, we say the same thing. It's like we're the cobbler's son that has like the holes in the shoes because mm. we're so busy helping our clients with their marketing. We don't do our own marketing. And so <laughs> it's kind of like, I need to take my own advice, but at the same time, it's, you know, we know what to do. It's just, it's just a matter of doing it. I, but mm. I do love helping people find their story. It is mm -hmm. so powerful when a, when a business owner goes, yeah, so I have a, a friend who's a business coach and I, I, I kind of drilled him quite a bit for one day because he's like, I don't know my story. I don't have a story, blah, blah, blah. And we finally got down to it. It's about family. It's about mm -hmm. helping family businesses continue. And so it's about, it's always about family. So I said, your messaging should be about family that's your core value is family mm. so everybody has a story you just gotta find it right good point um i wanted to ask you so in the networking um chapter and this is something actually that patrick and I, so you actually say that um strive for one remarkable connection versus many lackluster conversations one great connection with someone at a networking event that leads to a discovery meeting and eventually new business is better than superficial conversations with a dozen people and so i of course being shy um <laughs> i tend to find one person standing in the corner by themselves <laughs> and i'll go talk to that person and i could spend the whole i'm good for event. the night talking to that one person yeah. whereas i feel guilty like oh there's so many people here i should be going around talking to people and giving them my business card and telling them what i do yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's it's an old school mentality especially because you know back in the 90s when i started you basically got a box of business cards you know the big hoover blue book oh, yeah. of Here's your businesses in your territory, right? And then a phone and my good luck, go sell something. Well, <laughs> today we can connect through LinkedIn and Facebook and any other social media. And, um, but the, the point is, is that it doesn't matter what you sell. It doesn't matter how big or small the product is, the services, people buy from people, bottom yeah. line. And so having that relationship it, it, it is, I mean, you have transactional stuff, right? That's why we have Amazon. But at the same time, you know, it comes to especially coaching, which you guys do, it's a, it's a relationship. And so I was having this conversation with one of my clients who's a personal trainer. He does yoga and for um, the everyday athlete and stretching and training for like mini triathlons and all this biking and running and stuff. Anyway, so he and I were having this conversation about, um, about the fact that it's just like, you have to stay in your lane, which mm. is ironic because he does biking, but like <laughs> that is his focus is that just his, he's an everyday athlete people. And mm -hmm. so like keeping your message focused and staying. And so he was saying that, um, 
well, I said to him, how do you get clients? He goes, well, it's more like they either come from a, like one-on-one clients. They come from a class I've taught or they've seen my videos or stuff. And I, that's a, called experiential buying, which mm. means that they have to experience you mm-hmm. and how you roll and understand how you work before they'll buy from you. So the, all the static Facebook posts and stuff are fine to keep brand awareness, but right. he, to sell something, they need to experience you. And that's really common in the coaching industry because a coach is a very right. personal relationship. Right. And so whether it's, you know, personal coaching, business coaching, it doesn't matter what kind of it, it is. Coaching is a personal relationship. So you have to experience you mm. to be able to do that, which is why I have a lot of video instead of static posts in my, in my social media, because I, I need them to experience who I am. And if they don't resonate with me, then they're not my client. But if they do, that's when they contact me. That's gold for us. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I mean, I, I tend to shy away from video. I have done them, but I, I do want to say, I think you can have a passionate message in a post. Um, but I agree. Yes. Video is definitely the, the way to go now. Yeah. It's definitely a combination. You can't have one or the other. It's, it's a yeah. combination of both. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. For sure. So I like here that you say, remember you, you've got a lot of bullet points here. Lots of information. It's easy, easy to get overwhelmed and your head spinning around. Oh, where do I start and all this? And you point out, talk about how important it is to focus on a couple of things in terms of your marketing at a time. Right. Um, so when I say why do you need marketing, there's six basic reasons you need marketing in that chapter two. And it's about... Um, do you need brand awareness and product and service awareness? Do you need to, um, are you launching a new product? Hopefully you won't forget one of the six. Um, are you getting yourself a subject matter expert? Are you trying to hire on your team? Like there's six basic reasons that you would have marketing. If you try to focus on more than two, your message is extremely diluted. I was just having a conversation with a woman who owns um, a fitness studio just yesterday. And she's like, well, I need to hire I've got enough clients because my classes are full, but I need to hire people and I don't know what my other one is. And so one of them is upsell. You upsell the existing clients because some statistics I'm going to give you super quick is existing clients will buy 67% more than a new client will. Right. Obviously your margins are going to be better. The other thing is that you're more likely to close on an existing client 60 to 80% of the time where a new client, you're only going to close five to 20% of the time. So what I said was you have one-on-one classes that people don't know about. Yeah. So upsell existing customers is your second reason. If you try to get more than two things, if you try to focus on more than more than two things at a time, everything gets diluted. Mm. It's like you don't have a, a specific message. So I've got three clients right now that I was working with um, on some strategy. And I said to them, build your 2023 marketing as if what's going to happen by the end of 2023. So their goal is like they... For example, one of them has four services. She wants to get rid of two services. Mm-hmm. So build your marketing as if those two services don't exist mm-hmm. and only do these two services in your marketing. And it's already been, she's converted like 50% of her clients to the other two mm-hmm. services, which are higher end services because mm-hmm. she stopped marketing the two services that she, the lower, the lower margin, lower, more work, less money kind of services she was doing. Yeah. And so she just focuses on those two things. I like two because 
one is too narrow, three seems to be like, again, it gets diluted. So yeah. do two things and then do them really, 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 really well. And then everything yeah. else will just come in. Yeah. And can you talk about your, this B-A-N-T? I know you said you got it from um, I IBM, but it was really cool yeah. and I like it. Um, and it makes me think about sales too. Um, so you can talk more about that. So Bant is, yes, it was discovered by, uh, it was created by IBM, but people use it quite often in, in selling and qualifying prospects okay. and yeah. referrals. So Bant is, the first one is um, budget. Do they have the money to spend? That's the simplest way of saying that. A is authority. A lot of the times what happens is that the people that are seeking you out, maybe the gatekeeper or the people who are doing the research, but the person who's actually got the buying authority is not the person you're talking to. So the question for that is mostly who else is part of the buying decision that I need that we need to talk to. Yeah. N is need. So the need is like, how long have you had the problem? Um, like, have you tried to fix it yourself? What is the need here? And timing is how urgent it goes with the need. Cause like if they've had this problem for a really long time and tried to fix it themselves, but they can't, the timing might be increased. Like, okay, this is urgent. I tried to fix it. I can't, I need it by the end of the month, whatever. So Bant is a great way of, of qualifying a, a, a prospect, but it's mm -hmm. also a really good way of qualifying like referrals that you might get. Mm. And, it's just, and the questions that I have in the book are very general, benign questions. You're not like, we got the money. No, it's questions like, how much have you spent this on the, in the past? And mm. that's a great question because they might be saying, well, we've never done this before. Mm. or they'll say we spent this much on the past, then you know what kind of budget that you're working with. So they're really good, gentle questions to get you through all four of those things. It's a great way well, to qualify yeah. the prospect. Once again, the power is in the questions. Yeah. So often, right? And being yes. a good listener and all the good salespeople, if you just look at people, observe them as they're doing a presentation or whatever it is they're doing, what are they talking about? What are their most important points and you can pick up a lot just by paying oh. real close attention and being really good leaders in the coaching training that we receive listening is a huge factor and they spent a lot of time on training you up on how to become that really good listener right yep active i talk listening. about that in the book too yeah yep. active listening right so mm -hmm. i want to talk a little bit here i'm just going you know down through my highlights here i love one thing i want to say is i love that you've got all these pro tips i've highlighted quite a few of them, but I love anytime somebody says, remember, or in this case, you, you said always remember. I'm like, Oh, definitely. That's getting highlighted. <laughs> you are the presentation. The audience came to hear while the slides are hand out handouts you pull together are there only to support your content. So talk about how you started. I don't know if it's recent, but I remember reading the book. You started talking about, Hey, you know, and voila, my speaking career was born. I remember that part you said this, uh, said in the book. So talk about how when you started and what you've learned and elaborate on that. So have you ever been to a presentation? It was like death by PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just so, you have no idea what the person's saying because you're like reading like the 18 bullet points that are on the slide and you're like, <laughs> and the, the person's talking wow. and they're just like, wah, 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 like you know, peanuts, right? Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So if you want people to listen to the words that you're saying, 
the presentation mm -hmm. on the slide or the what's on the slide behind you or what's in front of you on the handout is literally there to prove the point. So for example, uh, in the power pitch, I have, I have little icons that talk about, you know, what makes up a really good, what makes up a really good pitch. And then I also have a, a slide that talks about like the four things to avoid in a pitch. And there's, there's funny things with each one of them. Like I call one of them the show up and the throw up. Mm, and the yeah. saying above it says, I'm sorry, I slapped you, but you wouldn't stop talking. And I panicked, you know, and so, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about, it's about bringing, bringing it home and relating to people instead of like all of your, you know, all of your bullet points are on the slide behind you. Then they, people stop listening to you and they start reading the slides. Yeah. Yeah. So you're the person. So everybody and their mother, right, is talking about chat GPT. <laughs> so how do you think that will affect marketing and branding moving forward? That's a great question that I honestly don't have a great answer for. So okay. one of the things that um, some friends of mine are using it for, I have a friend who's a travel agent. And so when she writes her newsletters, it's great because it does the research for her. Mm. So if she wants to talk about foods to try in Ireland, she uses that to do the research for her, but she still writes her own newsletters and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll help with the research aspect of things. What I'm afraid of is that um, people will lose their authentic voice mm. if they just rely on that. So one of the things that happened is that I had submitted the book back in like August of last mm -hmm. year and I'd sent it to four or five, four different entrepreneur friends. And I said, Hey, could you guys just give me your feedback? Yeah. And one of them came back and said, there's too much marketing and there's not enough Lisa. Mm. Yeah. And so I pulled it from the publisher and I reread the book and they were completely right. So yeah. I added more stories to the book. I added more sarcasm to the book. I added more fun to the book and more rebel mm -hmm. mindsets to the book. And I didn't rely on other people's information as much as I relied on my own information and made it my book instead of something else. So you need to go out there and find that. And what I'm afraid of with this AI is that people's authentic voice is going to be lost and we all turn into sounding like robots. That's my honest <laughs> yeah. opinion. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know yeah. enough about it to, to tell you that it's a good or bad, yeah. quite honestly. It's interesting talking about, and that was a great move on your part to give your book to several people, because I say this, I make the analogy all the time that, and this is what happens in coaching. People come to coaches because they're, they're, they're in like a hurricane. And they're in the middle and everything's swirling around and they're so overwhelmed by everything. And that was a great move that you made on your part. That's why coaching is becoming so popular because people, really great coaches can help people see what they can't see, which is many times right in front of them. <laughs> so it's very powerful. And if you're like, well, I can't really afford coaching. Well, you can always MacGyver it, right? You can always re-engineer it and do like you did in this case, not that you can't afford coaching or whatnot, but you went, you know, another good alternative was going to your, your people, right? Your tribe and saying, Hey, help me out here. The people that know, like, and trust to give you a, you know, a good, honest answer on what their thoughts were. And it changed the whole direction of your book. 
Yeah, and I used to be really adverse to hearing feedback. Mm. And quite honestly, I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't listen to the feedback mm. about so many things in my life. About being a business owner, being a parent, being a marketing person, like everything in my life, I asked for feedback. I mean, the one thing I ask every one of my customers when I'm done talking to them is, are there any red flags? Mm-hmm. Because then they can think, well, no, everything's going really well, which automatically puts me to that next, like, oh, good, then I'll send you another retainer. Um, or <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, I'm concerned about this. We didn't talk about that. And I can address it immediately. And that's also a really good question for interviewing. If you're the product and you're out there interviewing, asking the HR person or the manager or the president or who, who doesn't matter who you're sitting in front of, ask the question, are there any red flags? Because two things are going to happen. One, they're going to say no, which automatically puts it in like, oh, I don't have any red flags. This is a good candidate. Or two, mm. it's like, well, I'm afraid that you don't have this kind of training. It says, oh, well, we didn't talk about that. I actually do have that training. I dismissed it on my resume. And you could address any objection that you have. I use it with prospects. I use it with clients. I use it all the time. And it's a great way to make sure that the conversation is going in the direction you want it to go in without that objection. And getting that feedback, even the negative feedback, is going to move you so much faster in your business than it is if you just mm. go, oh, that guy's a jerk. He thought it was whatever. Don't do that. Mm. Take it for what it is. Interesting. Yeah. So since we were talking about AI, <laughs> so what are you doing to kind of set yourself apart or, you know, how are you challenging yourself Um in your, in your business as a marketing? Cause it is, it's, there's so much competition in there. Yeah. Yeah. A great, a great question I got asked just yesterday was like, how do you take all the noise that like that hurricane tornado that you were talking about, Patrick, it's like, yeah. how do you take all that and like stay focused? I compare it to, I compare it to like being in a restaurant. There's all these other people like clang and clang, but the person you're focusing on is the person across the table from you. That's the conversation you want to have. And so like if you take the noise and say, this is the direction I want to go, that's how it is. The way I differentiate myself is that I focus just on strategy. There's lots of marketing people there that can do the implementation and the design and the websites and all those other things. I focus just on strategy. I'm like a lot of, that's why I always say, if you don't know, you know, you need marketing, but you don't know where to start, start Mm. with me. Because I'll get you set in the right direction, focused in that right direction. So you're not trying all this other stuff and going into the noise and everything. So it's about starting with all the the really hard questions that my clients hate to answer, but it puts them in the direction that they need to go to do, to, to really do well, that no like trust, to know where to go, to know what to say, that like part of it. And then that helps in the sales process as well. Well, that said, you, I like what you say here what you really sell, you're talking about what most people don't consider when creating their marketing is how much emotion is tied to the solutions you sell and the buying process. Expand on that for us, how important emotions is and how do you bring that out? So the, I, the, my favorite example is who hasn't gotten choked up at a Hallmark commercial? <laughs> yeah. They're selling greeting cards. Yeah. But it's the it's the emotion that pulls you in that makes you remember things. So when I say 
my mission is to help small businesses stay in business, it brings emotion to that business owner. Like I have put my blood, sweat and tears and my family's investment or whatever it is into this business. I need it to stay in business. I have a family to support. It brings emotions out into it. Mm. So whatever that problem or solution that you have that you're, um, that you're selling, are you solving a problem or you're providing a solution? There's emotion attached to it. And so what you try to do, you don't try to do, but you do yeah. is you sit there and go, what are the emotions that my customers feel, my clients feel when I'm done working with them? Is it confidence? Is it peace? Is mm. it joy? Is it sadness? You know, I have, I have somebody in my, in my network that's a grief counselor and mm -hmm. she, one of her goals is to let people understand that the sadness is okay. It's okay to be sad. And so her goal is to bring out the sadness so people can heal and grieve yeah. and move on. So what is it that you're, what, what is it? What's, what is that? Yeah. And let them tell you, let them show you what it is. Start with the end in mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Reverse engineering your message. Yeah. I want yeah. them to feel this way here at the end. So I'm going to, these are the steps I need to do to get them to feel, to feel that way. Put that carrot out there. So they're like, wow, I can have that. I can have everything I wanted. Absolutely. You can. <laughs> Other than you, who's holding you back currently? <laughs> more good powerful questions you know yeah. i like to tell a lot of the people that i network with and meet with and now it's spilling over into these you know i think of grow show here even though you may not have any intention of becoming a coach maybe find a i want to coach you and it was pretty reasonable right it wasn't like i need a loan for this and i say that because even if you have no intention, the stuff that's in there, the things that you learn about the listening, the messaging, all the different things they teach you are helpful to people, irregardless of whether they're going to, you know, say, well, I'm going to become a coach as long as a consultant. They can go ahead and do it if they find out, whoa, I really love this. Maybe I love it more. But do that because peeling back the layers of the onion, getting the person to trust you is critical. And that's why I tell everybody this, look, coaching is so important because it will enhance your business. It will make your life better. You'll be amazed. Right. Right. Yeah. I have a client who said who, um, in the first, in this first quarter, uh, has sold what he, the revenue that they had made last year mm. in wow. the first quarter of 2023. And he said, yes, it is the marketing. But he said that by working with me and another business and a, and a business coach and a marketing coach, he has put out in the proposals thing that things that won the proposal. And it, it has been the coaching of how to sell. And that, you know, the word was curmudgeoned and not be such a like a negative Nancy, you might want to say of like, this guy's never going to buy from me, like, but having that mindset of like, well, what if they do? And, you know, all of this, right. it's like that coaching is not just marketing, it's there's so much coaching that goes into what I do. Because yeah. marketing literally is a mindset. And if you think of it that way, then everything that you do in a day is leading you forward in growing your business. 
Right. It ends up being another tool that you can have in your toolbox that helps talking back going back to differentiation, right? It helps mm -hmm. you to differentiate yourself from the competition. But the main thing is you're giving that extra going the extra mile value. You're giving above and beyond. You've spent this time to, you know, learn this coaching philosophy. And now you incorporate that in your business. How many other people in your, your space, your competition, how many are doing that? Right. Right. And for right. me, it's the, um, I have 12 years of sales background too. Mm -hmm. So I've been out there knocking on doors, literally knocking on doors, mm. getting all the no's. And so I understand both sides of it, that the marketing, not the marketing needs to, to resonate with the, the, the possible clients, but mm -hmm. it has to be useful to the people who are using it to sell. I used to have beautiful brochures, very expensive, beautiful brochures that said nothing. Like I couldn't <laughs> use them because as a salesperson, it's like, it's all fluff. It doesn't say anything. It's beautiful, but it doesn't say anything. And so like, I look at marketing from both perspectives, from how is the salesperson supposed to use this to get more business, as well as this, how is the messaging going to be relatable to the person who's getting it? That's, yeah. that's my differentiator. I can't um, even use this brochure to wipe my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Lisa, who, who is your ideal client? Who, who do you serve? My ideal client is going to be um, a business that's been in business for at least two years. Cause mm -hmm. I think that the first two years, you're kind of trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up a lot of times. Um, it's a client who doesn't have a dedicated sales and or marketing department or people. Mm -hmm. And it's somebody who's like, I'm, I've grown my business as far as I know I can grow it. And I need that extra like umph to get to yeah. that next level. And so, but for me, it's the business owner that has the mindset of that. They're going to do the work. Mm -hmm. Like they're ready, willing, and able for me to challenge them and for them to do the work. If they're not ready to do the work, they're not an ideal client for me because they got to yeah. be ready to put in the ask, answer the hard questions and do the work. Yeah. So you're vetting them out. You don't want to work with people or take their money. I saw this when I was in, I was in a mastermind coaching program and people would join and they watch all the shows and, you know, they're always talking to They get enamored with the romance of it all. And they come and they see the reality of it. And some people, one guy went, came to one meeting <laughs> and poof, gone forever. Yeah. Right. So, hey, bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. Bye bye. So we're going to have to say goodbye here shortly. Before we go, though, I want you to talk about and, I, you know, I was looking at the, the. The Kindle here, we're only up to like chapter three. <laughs> so <laughs> if you would like, we should consider having you back to go the rest of the way. If that's something you're interested in, just let us know. Yeah, absolutely. This is, you guys are so much fun. I love this. Yeah, I, I knew. I've been in a lot you know, of podcasts and they're like very, just like, you know, they ask the question and then you get off and I'm like, well, that wasn't very much fun, but you guys yeah. are awesome. You guys are great at this. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I got, I got that notion that it was going to be a fun call. And I think it's really important. And I think, you know, we're just all three of us, we're early on starting out in our podcasting careers and, and figuring out how do we make it. And I think fun and smiling and laughing is, so important just and i one thing i want to say about your book is you have this wryness in your book where it has this 
sarcasm. Know, yeah, a little bit of sarcasm. Yeah. And just by reading, I'm like, I can't wait to do this show with her because mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun. Like it just because yeah. it comes out in your book, right? Yeah. So with that said, well, as we wind down here. Books. Yeah, nice. Nice done. Nice, nicely done nice. on the book. So tell our listeners and viewers where it is that they can find you. And if they want to set up a discovery call and have a chat with you, what's the best avenues for that? I know you got your info in the book. So maybe start, they, what, they maybe start by reading the book? Yeah, they could start there. Um, the book is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and some other smaller retailers um, all online. And then mm -hmm. also rebelgirlmarketing.com is a great way to connect with me. There's a form in there. It's just a just connect with me and tell me what you're looking for. Um, I do have some trainings coming up that they connect with me too. It's not publicized yet, but keep an eye on my LinkedIn and Facebook pages as well. So you can find that under Lisa Rabel or Rebel mm -hmm. Girl Marketing. So yeah, there's a lot of ways to find me out there. Um, as my mother-in-law said, she said she Googled me the other day and she said, I have like two pages of stuff on you. She's like, you're everywhere. Nice. Well, I'm a marketing person. That's where I'm supposed to be. You better be, right? I'm a marketing person, of course. Yeah. So uh, I think going to the website to figure out like who I am and then fill out the, the contact me form and then I can figure out a good time to, to reach out to you. Yeah. So you peaked up my spidey senses on that. When are those trainings coming up? So May 5th. Mm -hmm. uh, no, May 4th. May 4th at Expansive in Wauwatosa from oh, okay. 8.30 to 11.30, I'm having a power session. And so it's oh. uh, it's it's basically most of the book in three hours and you fill it out and it's a workshop and it's three hours of intense marketing training um, that I, you could walk away with uh, action items and things to do and content and knowing who your audience is, those kinds of things. Nice. Okay. So. Wow. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. You gave, gave some great information. Thank you for writing that book. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> yeah. I'm so the glad book. I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now we have that with us always. So I appreciate <laughs> you so, so, so much. Any yeah. parting thoughts, Dr. Z? Well, and as always, always thank, thank you in advance. <laughs> Just thinking and growing and learning. Thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Just thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Yeah, with thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking. And growing and learning and knowing, yeah. With thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah.